0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. So, one of the concepts that's been so impactful in my life is the the four spheres of influence. If you remember, a long, long time ago—now it's about eleven years ago—my life was in the was in the shit can. Things weren't going super well. I was in the back of a van. Fiance just left me. Super in debt. Life wasn't going great, and a lot of it was the result of not doing the things that I knew I needed to do. Uh, but just couldn't like self-motivate myself to actually do those things. But the other part of the problem was that there were so many things that I could do, that I knew I should do, that I was pulled in a million different directions. And I, I really struggled to get clear on, okay, which path should I follow? Like, wh- What order of operations should I go through these activities to really have the maximum effect on changing my circumstances? And one of the things I like to say is that I'm inherently lazy. Like I don't like to work harder than is necessary to to achieve my task. I like to work towards poised perfection. This is a concept that um, I think about a lot in my my sporting life was how do I climb that uh, that wall? How do I perform that um, maneuver in a way that's perfectly poised? And so it looks easy, it feels easy. Like, I, I love that concept. I don't like gritting my teeth and like digging deep into the pain well to, to do a thing. That's, that's not how I am personally. And it, it, ex, it exudes into all areas of my life where I just don't like to work hard as necessary. So I'm just kind of a lazy guy. Now, this is why I named my publishing company One Lazy Robot, because on the one hand, the robot is lazy, uh, but it is a robot. So the robot does what it does, right? Right. And what it's programmed to do, and that's how I kind of think about myself. I do what I'm programmed to do now, at the beginning of my journey on this like this personal development path, i was I sat down and I said, "Okay, what's the programming? what's the the protocol that I, as the lazy robot, just need to execute?" And this led me to figuring out, okay, what are the the fewest number of protocols I need to to operate uh, or areas of my life that I need to to positively affect to have the the maximum impact and that led me to my four spheres of influence which are your mindset your health wealth and your skills so those are four you know domains that you have complete control over developing and if you do if you control your mindset if you can develop your health your wealth and your your skills like you're you're probably going to make very positive progress towards your your ambitions now within those the you know there's there's countless ways that we could subdivide mindset there's countless ways you could subdivide Wealth. And same with skills. But when it came to ha- the, the, the health side of the equation, one of the things I found really interesting is that there's really only three levers that you got to pull. And you, you could add a fourth one, but uh, which I'll, I'll explain here in a second. But really, it just comes down to your sleep. Your exercise and your nutrition, and the fourth one that you could add is maybe supplementation. But like, if you just focus on those three things your your sleep, your exercise, and your nutrition you would be in really good shape. Like, you would have a really healthy life for the most part. Like, barring you know disaster or barring you know the unforeseen, but like generally, if you control those, you get you know ample sleep every night, you eat clean, and you exercise in the right ways. Then you're going to be doing pretty good. And so it's really interesting that of all the domains, this is, this is kind of the the most straightforward and the simple. Um, straightforward and the simple does not necessarily mean easy, though. It, it could also be one of the hardest because it's the one that you gotta you gotta show up every single day and pay the dues. And there are a lot of temptations in life that are pulling you in directions that would lead you from getting a full night's sleep, or from eating healthy, or from getting that hard workout in right? And what I want to talk about today in this podcast is just drilling down even deeper. Let's forget the the other three spheres of influence. Let's forget mindset, wealth, and skills for now. Let's drill even deeper and forget even two of the levers. Let's forget sleep and let's forget nutrition. Let's just look at exercise today and and try to figure out what are the the fewest number of levers that we have to pull within exercising, because this is a very complex domain and I do not prescribe or uh, pretend to be a professional on this. I do not have any, any accreditations. So just take this as the ramblings of a person who is very interested in these topics. And that is about it. And like, you'll want to do your own research. Some really great books on the topic is this one outlive by Peter Atia. I think this is a great book. Um, but just for context, you know, I've been a professional athlete for much of my life and I, I would consider myself to be in peak physical condition compared to my age group um in all domains. And so these are the things that have been impactful for me, I'm just going to share them with you so that maybe you can get some benefit out of this. But when it comes to longevity and living a long life, living a long, healthy life, this is something that Peter Atiyah talks about in his book, Outlive, is, you know, it's not just about increasing our lifespan, but also increasing our health span, which means I don't want to live to 100 if the quality of my life when I'm 80 to 100, those last 20 years, is I'm decrepit and I can't get out of bed and I can't move and I can't do any of the things that bring, bring me joy in life, right? Like, that's, that's not the life that I want. I don't want to live a long time if I can't use my body, like, in the way that I want to. So the goal is to create our, uh, to increase our health span, which is I want to live to 100 and all the way up to there, I want to be able to enjoy life and do the things that bring me joy and fulfillment with my body, Right. I want to be able to go on walks. I want to be able to walk upstairs. I want to be able to open jars. I want to be able to pick up my 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 whatever my cat off the floor. I want to be able to do these things. And what Peter Atia found is, and he you know, cognate, like very well um, puts together very well in his book is really four areas that they found a lot of research to support that if you were to develop these four areas they're going to have the uh, very positive impact on your health span. So let's take these from the top. They are strength, VO2 max, stability and endurance. Actually, these are in a weird order. Let's let's re let's rework these. Let's go endurance, VO2 max, strength and stability. Let's talk about them in that order. So, number 1 is your endurance. This is the the foundation this is the base of the building upon which everything else is going to be constructed and one of the the concepts that was drilled into me when i was a cross country and track runner in high school and in college was that you think about your your performance or your ability as a runner as a pyramid and the the the, the quality that's going to dictate how high that peak of your pyramid is is how wide your base is. So the wider your foundation, the wider your base, the wider the base of your your pyramid, then the higher the peak can be. So instead of focusing a lot of time and energy on the the, the trying to get faster, 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 we need to lay the groundwork as, as broadly as possible, the foundation. And the foundation is your endurance, your aerobic capacity. And there's a lot of ways of doing this, but ideally the goal is to spend as much time And and when I say much time, we want to spend maybe two to three hours a week in zone two. This is, there's a lot of ways that you could uh, identify zone two from heart rate uh, perspective. But really, it's just the area where as you're exercising, you're out of breath, you're not wanting to have a conversation. You could if you if you were forced to, but you don't really want to. It's that type of work. It's not very hard. You're not getting lactic acid building up. In fact, that defeats the purpose. You wanna stay in this zone where your heart rate is elevated. You're out of breath. You could have a conversation if you chose to, um, but you don't really want to. And for me, when I was climbing, like as a rock climber, people were amazed to know how much of my time was spent in this zone, where I was actually working very hard to stay under what's called our anaerobic threshold or where you start to feel that pump of lactic acid building up in your muscles. As soon as you get to that point, you're no longer aerobic. And what we're trying to do is train our body to use a particular type of energy source to, to move us forward. And so focusing on endurance, or focusing on aer- aerobic capacity is zone two work. This could be, you know, going for light runs, light bicycle, ride. Right? Well, not light, but, you know, depending on where you are, it might be very hard, could be very easy. Um, one of the activities I really enjoy these days is rucking. This is just getting a backpack with a lot of weight in it, like somewhere between one sixth and one third of your body weight. So for me at, you know, 175 pounds, I like to rock with somewhere between 30 and 50 pounds and you just go for a long walk and you try and find a place with, with hills and you try to keep your heart rate elevated for, you know, an extended period of time. And this is going to lay the foundation of our pyramid. The next part of it then is to start thinking about that peak. Okay, and this is where uh, VO2 max comes in. And there's, there's really interesting studies that show the the tight correlation between VO2 max and longevity um, and, and increasing that health span. This is like one of the number one health factors to, to determine what the the later years of your life are gonna look like if you have a high VO2 max right now. And so vo, VO2 max um, is just how efficiently does your body process oxygen and, and its ability to turn it into fuel? And- our goal. This is a number that can consistently be improved throughout the years, and the way that we do it is freaking unpleasant. This is, I'll be honest, this is the this is the crap work nobody likes to do, and this is why they don't do it. This is, you know, not a full out sprint, but this is, you know, zone five on the heart rate monitor where we're going from three to five minutes of just max like very high max output effort. And then you rest for three to four minutes and then you do it again. Then you rest and then you do it again. And for me in my rock climbing career we would do what were called four by fours, which were you'd do four boulder problems back to back to back to back, then you would rest for a minute, then you would do four more, back to back to back to back, rest, and you just keep doing that. And so you got this insane pump, this lactic acid accumulation in your forearms that was excruciating. It's incredibly uncomfortable. But this is possibly the most important number when it comes to determining your long-term health um, outlook. So VO2 max work, you only need to do it once, maybe twice a week, but definitely carving out some periods of time where you can get on the assault by the, the rowing machine, the, the treadmill, whatever it is that you're, you're going to use as your, your way of improving this. But this is going to pay massive dividends, people. All right. And the next area is strength. And this isn't just strength and trying to get big muscles and like move a ton of weight. Um, it's moving a particular type of weight. So humans, what's really interesting about us is that we have evolved and we are designed as a carrying creature. We are really freaking good at carrying things. That's why we have thumbs, right? We can pick things up. We can carry them on our body. We stand on two legs. We have long, we have long femurs. We have um, the ability to carry. Our entire our body weight, you know, that's an insane fact. Pretty much no other animal is able to do this. And if you think about like our chimpanzee, orangutan uh, brethren, the we are still more efficient on two legs carrying like forty percent of our body weight than they are walking on two legs with no with no additional weight. So it's, it's insane that we are able to carry such incredible loads, which makes sense. If you think about of our ancestors, you know, they would go out on these long hunts or even gathering, they would go out, they'd kill the thing, and then they'd, you know, put the elk on their shoulders. I don't know how they would do it. And they would carry it back, right? And so they would have to go very long distances carrying heavy, heavy loads, and there is a strong correlation between your strength, your ability to carry loads, and again, your uh, your long-term health outlook. And again, this is where rucking comes into play, but when we're in the weight room, what we're really trying to do is stimulate muscular adaptation and response under strain. And so we need to be lifting heavy things like deadlifting, squatting, j- single legs, like really trying to work complex motions throughout our body to lift heavy things. And if you've never been in the weight room, you're afraid of bulking up or whatever, like listen, if you want to live a good, healthy, long life and be able to do those things that you enjoy later in your later years, you need to build up the strength now because you're going to lose 10 to 15% of your strength every decade. And so if you think about where you are right now, and if you're just barely strong enough to do the things in life that are bringing you joy and pleasure, then you can extrapolate out what it's going to be like in 30, 40, 50 years when you are half as strong as you are currently, is that going to be strong enough to do the things that you want to do in life? Probably not. So get into the weight room and actually start building that strength. And an interesting side note, one of the most um, positively correlated um, metrics with um, long-term health outlook is grip strength. This is crazy. But what they found was that as grip strength declines in life, there is also... A strong correlation with neurodegenerative diseases, with metabolic disease, like just general life expectancy drops through the roof as grip strength grows down. I don't exactly understand what the mechanism is underlying this, but the correlation is so strong that it should not be ignored. So definitely be working on your grip strength as well. Um, As a general rule, they recommend that you should be able to, if you are a healthy male, for example, you should be able to carry your body weight in a, in a farmer's carry for, a, for at least two minutes. For, was it a minute? I think it's a minute. So that if, for me, 175 pounds, I need to be able to carry 175 pounds in my hands with dumbbells or a kettlebell for a minute. Or is it two minutes? One of those two. Or be able to dead hang from a bar, which is like a pull-up, but you just, you know, straight arms, doing that for two minutes. I think the dead hang for two minutes and the farmer's carry for one minute. That's... If you're not anywhere near those numbers right now, get on that, baby, because those um, those numbers are only going to continue declining as you get older. The last one that we're going to talk about when it comes to your exercise is stability. And what's really interesting about this one is it's possibly the most important, especially as you start to age, because... Um, balance and your ability to control your your body in space and time is the first thing that goes away as we get older, and so you need to be working very hard on your flexibility, your stability, so that you can avoid injury is really what it comes down to. Because what they found is the mortality rate for an individual who is sixty five uh, years or older once they've uh, incurred say a broken leg or a broken hip, it goes down. Precipitously, They, 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 it's pretty much a death sentence. If you're over 65 and you break your hip, not that you're going to die from the hip injury, but within the next few years as a resulting cause of like the decline in strength and muscular atrophy that results all of these things are probably going to kill you in some way, shape, or form. And the reason most people end up breaking a limb like that is because they trip, they fall, they're, they're walking down the stairs, and they don't have the ability to control their body in descent, and they fall, and they break something. So falling injuries become a very real thing, which seems like a very simil- silly thing to be thinking about when you're 20 or when you're 30. But these things are so important because your health is compounding in, is indefinitely throughout your life. Right, And so the, the, the work that you put into the piggy bank now, the, the lifting, the VO2 exercise, the work, the endurance, aerobic capacity, the stability stuff that you do now, they pay dividends throughout life because the higher your peak, the higher your capacity now, the more you can afford to lose throughout life and still be a fairly high-functioning individual. Right. So we want to build up our capacity as high as we can while we're young, knowing that we're going to lose some of that. And there's also very interesting neurodegenerative protections that come into place here as well. Exercise and your fitness, your capacity aerobically and anaerobically are protective against a lot of things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And there's a strong correlation then between Building up your capacities now, and even if you then suffer from, say, Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, the rate at which you experience cognitive decline is less given your capacity now. So build it out as robustly as you can. These are the years to be doing the work, and it's not too late regardless of where you are on your journey. So that is... One of the four spheres of influence that is just a subsection of one of the three levers of energy we have, you know, again, sleep, nutrition, exercise. And I think exercise is potentially the most important, maybe second to sleep, because if you don't sleep, you will die real quick and your life quality will go down. So maybe we'll put it behind that. And nutrition is important, too. Uh, So maybe they're all really important. Maybe we can't actually get into saying one is better than the other. But exercise is pretty damn important, too. So. Hopefully this brought you guys a little bit of value. Let me know. I'm curious, what are you doing right now to put uh, money in the bank for future you? Or, you know, not physical money. I don't want to hear about your investing. Oh, I do want to hear about that too. But from the physical, it's a metaphor, people. It's an analogy. Tell me, what what physical health currency are you putting in the piggy bank right now? Do you like to run? Do you like to lift? Like, what's your game? Let me know. I'd love to hear about it. And as always, I'm looking forward to seeing you back here tomorrow. But until then, stay hyper-focused, my friend. So thank you, and let's get to the show.